Brooklyn's Radio Surrey News Review for Friday the 31st of December. I'm Graham Laycock taking a look at this week's local news stories in Surrey from the Surrey Advertiser and Surrey Live. First this week's headlines, coronavirus rates in Surrey at 1,446 per 100,000. A boy seriously assaulted in Epsom and historic Guildford buildings need repair. Coronavirus infection rates in Surrey for the week ending Monday the 27th of December reach 1,446.7 per 100,000 population, a reduction on 2% over the previous week. Let's look at the boroughs in turn now, starting with those with the highest rate of infection. Spelthorne, 1,732.2, a 29% increase. Rygate and Banstead, 1,707.3, and up 6%. Elmbridge, 1,682.8, down 8%. Epsom and Ewell, 1,658, down 7%. Tandridge, 1,569.9, up 5%, Surrey Heath 1,400.2, up 13%, Runnymede 1,396, up 11%, Woking 1,355.9, down 4%, Mole Valley 1,245, down 6%, Guildford 1,144.6, a reduction of 24%, and Waverley 1,076.2, a reduction of 11%. And as all eligible adults aged 18 and over are asked to book their booster jabs, more walk-in vaccination sites have opened in Surrey. To help reach the aim of every adult in the UK being offered a booster vaccine by December, sites have been opened up in locations such as Eastshire, Woking and Guildford. And the list of walk-in vaccination sites across the county mean you don't have to book your booster in advance, but simply turn up on the day. These locations include Thames Ditton, Emberbrook Community Centre for Health, in Esher, Sandown Park Racecourse, in Woking, United Reformed Church, in Guildford, the Artington Park and Ride, and in Chertsey, St Peter's Hospital. A boy was seriously assaulted on Boxing Day after a group of five boys approached him, say police. The victim, a 15-year-old boy, was seriously assaulted before being taken to hospital with serious injuries. The incident took place on Waterloo Road in Epsom on Sunday the 26th of December at around 6.30pm. The boy required surgery at the hospital. A 16-year-old boy from Epsom and two other boys under the age of 16 have been arrested in connection with the investigation and inquiries are ongoing. Surrey Police is asking for information from anyone in the area who might have witnessed anything. If you've witnessed anything or have dashcam or CCTV footage, please contact Surrey Police to assist them in their investigation. You can go to their web chat online or call 101 or if you wish to give him information anonymously, call the independent charity Crime Stoppers on 0800 one. Scaffolding will go up on two historic buildings in Guildford as the Borough Council begins months of work to ensure they continue to stand. Repair work on the Guildhall, including its iconic clock and the Guildford House, both in the High Street, will begin in January. 
Councillor John Redpath, lead councillor for economy at Guildford Borough Council, said both buildings are an important piece of Guildford's history and enjoyed by residents and visitors. This work will make sure they continue to stand for future generations. The restorative work is needed. It will tackle the decay and deterioration of these buildings that happens over time, mainly because of the effects of weather, wear and tear. The work is going to be carried out with care and sympathy both to look after the buildings and those who will be visiting them. The scaffolding will be freestanding so the buildings will not be put under any unnecessary strain. The scaffold will also be designed in such a way that it will mean continued access along the high street for pedestrians and cars. Work on the Guildhall, which dates back to 1300s, will begin in late January and take around 12 weeks. It will focus on the outside structure, including the clock and bell tower, and will include repairs to timber, windows, leadwork and ironwork, and the redecoration of previously painted surfaces. Work on the 17th century Guildford House, home to Guildford House Gallery, will begin next week and will take around six months to complete, expected in June. A temporary roof will be put up over the gable wall at the back of the gallery and the tiles removed so the timber frame can be inspected and repaired as necessary. Both buildings will remain in use throughout the works. The craft shop and tourist information centre at Gallery House will reopen after a short festive break in mid-January. The Gallery Cafe closed earlier this month after 21 years at the building. Its owner previously had said the decision was partly due to a lack of support from the council. Acclaimed council leader Josh Bigmore denied. The council has asked what will happen with the cafe space but has not been able to respond. Surrey Football Club say it has released a player after a brawl broke out in the middle of a match. The Southern Combination League game between Dorking Wanderers Reserves and Epsom and Ewell was abandoned during the second half on Monday. A video was posted online showing the incident which happened after an Epsom and Ewell player was spoken to by the referee. In a 45 seconds clip, the footballer appears to be shown a red card and reacts by pushing other players and throwing punches. Following the incident, Epsom and Ewell Football Club released a statement saying the club was mortified by the incident. Epsom and Ewell Football Club would like to put on record our apologies to today's officials and players at Dorking. We will not tolerate this behaviour at our club and are mortified by the scenes in today's match. It added the player in question has been released by the club with immediate effect. We'd like to thank Dorking for their hospitality today and again apologise for today's match. This sort of action holds no place in football or society. PC Darren Balcom, the police liaison officer supporting all clubs, league and non-league in Surrey, tweeted saying Surrey and Sussex Police Football Unit are aware of the incident which occurred during the Dorking Wanderers Reserve versus Epsom Muir match on December the 27th. An investigation will take place around the events of the incident in question. A new planning application has been submitted for 124 homes on the land surrounding Guildford Cathedral. The plans were lodged with Guildford Borough Council last week but cannot currently be viewed on the authority's website. The proposed site will comprise a mix of units from one-bedroom apartments to four-bedroom houses with 13 being kept aside to replace existing properties used by cathedral staff. Vivid Homes is the developer and insists 40% of the homes will either be of shared ownership or affordable rent. There will be communal gardens, an orchard and a woodland play zone for children. 
The developer also plans to negate detriment to wildlife and the environment by covering the roofs in vegetation. However, critics argue the scheme differs little from the one rejected by the Borough Council in 2017 when plans were drawn up by Linden Homes to construct 134 houses. Peter Watts is part of the Friends of Staghill Residents Group, which is unhappy with the proposals as they currently stand. The Richmond Met resident is not opposed to the change or development, but says the density, height and scale of Vivid's plans are obscene. He explained, we are very frustrated as we all live on the slopes of Stag Hill. We would like living here and like the cathedral. It's a wonderful building. They put the application in just before Christmas and the clock is ticking now, but you cannot even see it at the moment. He said that is disappointing. Mr Watts added there will be four-storey flats and unless Guildford wants student-looking accommodation everywhere, I just cannot understand why that density is appropriate. All the other houses are semi-detached at most. Those flats will overlook people in Ridgemont and people have here have had planning applications for extensions going into their lofts refused because they've gone above ridge height. Well, this application smashes ridge height. Why is there one rule for cathedral and another for us? Ridge height is the maximum vertical distance between the finished floor level and the finished roof height directly above. Mr Watts claimed the project was driven by greed. Matt O'Grady is the Cathedral's Chief Operating Officer. He had previously said building the new houses was the only viable option to secure the Cathedral's long-term future. Mr O'Grady noted it costs £1 million a year to run the building, but they run at an operational deficit of £100,000 a year. The Cathedral sold some land to the University in 1960s, but it was not invested, so we have been given very clear instructions this time that we have to invest the money we make. Mike Shepherd, Vivid's business director, thinks the public response from consultations has been fantastic and maintains the plans will benefit the entire community. A Surrey food bank has revealed that it's given out over 147 tonnes of food throughout 2021 in what it describes as a tough year. Epsom and Yule Food Bank currently runs five centres in Epsom, Yule, Tadworth, Leatherhead and Banstead. The latter started operating again as recently as November. The outlook for them this festive season is good news in one sense. Having overcome the unprecedented nature of the original lockdown, it is a quieter year across the board than they saw in 2020. But demand is still much higher than the normal year at around 9,500 food parcels distributed throughout the year. The most in-demand items for the run-up to Christmas include toilet roll, long-life milk and fruit juice and dried custard. Recovering from the lasting impacts of the pandemic has come with its own challenges, explains Epsom Newell Full Bank founder and managing director Jonathan Lees. Over 2021, he said, we saw a lot of people that were hit by the impact of COVID that they never expected. So they really struggled. People are only just getting to terms with that. We potentially might head into more restrictions as we enter the new year, which economically will be very difficult for many people and probably mean people will have to lean back on the food back again. People extended lots of grace at the time start of the pandemic. Companies were flexible and open to delaying payments. Once all that stopped, suddenly everybody was chasing debts. We have seen people's energy bills that, to an extent, were probably 40 to 50% of their income because they were so huge. 
We're now seeing a rise in interest rates, which won't have as much effect, but will have an effect on those that earn, but only just make ends meet. They might not be on any benefits, but they're still just struggling to get by. And it's not just rising energy bills. Further challenges come from the ending of furlough schemes, reductions or claiming back benefits, and the increases of prices in supermarkets. Jonathan says, initially, uh, I initially started it with a group of volunteers who thought you'd only last a couple of years tops, but here we are nine years down the line, heading towards our 10th anniversary, and for us it's really scary that we're still here. The numbers are still going up every year except one pre-COVID when there was a nominal dip. All Southern Rail trains to London Victoria have been cancelled for two weeks due to staff shortages. The operating company took to Twitter to confirm that no southern services will call at London Victoria, Battersea Park, Clapham Junction and Wandsworth Common until January the 10th. It is reportedly as a result of a number of rail staff self-isolating with COVID-19 and other staff sicknesses. The result will be that services that won't run are the ones between Clapham Junction and Milton Keynes, East Croydon and London Bridge via Forest Hill, and between Epsom and London Bridge via Carshalton Bridges. Other services are amended and a number are diverted to London Bridge. And Stagecoach Bus Company in Surrey is short of drivers as well, and from the beginning of the new year, an emergency timetable will go in with reduced services please check out the website at surreycc.gov.uk forward slash buses for details. The most expensive home in Surrey sold in 2021 went for almost £10 million. The prices property sold this year goes to Ability Hills in Rhonda Road in Weybridge, which sold for a staggering £9.85 million back in June. And it wasn't the only home to swap hands for huge sums of cash, with the top 10 most expensive houses all fetching upwards of £6 million. But while the price of these homes may bring tears to the eyes for some buyers, there were deals to be had in Surrey this year as well. Although a far cry from the detached luxury mansions at the top end, the cheapest home sold in the county was a flat in Merstham, where the sale price was recorded at £67,500. Now, nationally, average house prices increased by 10.2% over the year to October 2021, which is a reduction from 12.3% for the year to September 2021. That's according to figures from the Office of National Statistics based on data at the Land Registry. The stamp duty holiday may have accounted for a rush of demand in the months to September. Land Registry lists the price paid for every property bought at market value and that completes our look at stories in surrey this week this has been brooklyn's radio surrey news review with graham laycock and you hear the surrey news review every friday on brooklyn's radio at 1 p.m and you can keep up to date with the surrey advertiser and at surrey live